Hi, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Skip Miller. And I'm Thibaut Suiris. Every two weeks, we're going to be interviewing thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We're on a mission to change the way people see sales. As you know, sales is a profession that is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet people are afraid to try or really extend themselves. And this isn't really good. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs and M3 Learning. If you want to attend the recording of the podcast episodes and ask your questions to the guests, you can join the Selling Advantage community. It's a $25 a month subscription where you get access to a community of B2B salespeople, exclusive events, and tactical resources to help you close bigger deals faster. Join today and get one month for free at www.sellingadvantage.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom, tools, and tactics, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome in this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. Today is a bit of a special episode. It's actually a recording from a prospecting workshop I've done uh, with Full Funnel and Andre Zinkevich. So we talked about many things, but basically how you can prospect on LinkedIn. So uh, how you find leads, how you find triggers, how you build a sequence. There's also a YouTube recording that you can find in the show notes where I show you with details what I'm doing. So uh, enjoy this little podcast and make sure to check the video in the link if you want to go and apply all the concepts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new episode of Full Final B2B Marketing Podcast. Today, we are going to chat with Steve Osuris, a good friend of mine. Um, we are going to chat about uh, prospecting and um, as promised, we'll do a life experiment today uh we'll show you how so it won't be just a podcast it would be an actionable let's say podcast slash workshop so you'll see in real time how to do the prospect and how start to start the conversations with your target audience uh basically we want to cover four core important questions how to find relevant triggers to start a conversation with prospects how to turn conversations into opportunities how to make non-sales touches uh, so you won't annoy your prospects and how to boost sales presence with demand generation. We are going to show you some life examples. And at the end, we have uh, one bonus, a gift, whatever you'll call it. So stay until the end. I promise you'll love it. So uh, quick guideline for you guys, please don't unmute yourselves. If you would like to ask your question live, We'll have a time for Q&A. You can uh, type your questions in a Zoom chat. I will make sure that all your questions will be covered. If you want to join the discussion, uh, just raise your hand or send me a question and then I will call you so you would be able to switch on your camera and ask your question. Um, that's it. I believe we can kick it off. Uh, Tiba, thanks a lot for joining me. Thanks, Andre, for having me. So. I suggest to start uh, as a warm up. I suggest to start with a short blitz questionnaire. So the question is num the question number one is, what is the worst connection request you have ever got? Uh, I think it's one I had like uh, refused like t ten minutes before this call. The person was saying, uh, "Hi Thibault, 
I see you also own a startup. It must be really tough, especially in these rough times. Let's connect. And I was like, okay, what is this person trying to do? It's best to actually not try anything. And I would have accepted the connection. When I see that, I know it's not actually someone who uh, is actually paying attention. And I know it's fully automated. So that was one of the worst I got and uh, very timely. Okay, good one. So the second question is, what is the funniest pitch or outreach message you have ever seen that generated a positive reply? So uh, for me, you mean like that I received personally or for a customer? Or you could, you could potentially send it, doesn't matter. Okay, so I mean, for me, like one thing I've actually uh, received from, from a guy, uh, he's going to like it because I'm, yeah, I'm telling I'm so many shout outs to him in podcast, but it's a guy named Will. So uh, he tried to book a call with me and uh, he sent me a really cool prospecting video where he, you know, like it was a short video, like 45 seconds, but he used Vidyard for that. And uh, he did a lot of research. Um, and like I was in a swimming pool in Puerto Vallarta when I watched that. And I actually booked the call in the swimming pool with my phone. So it was like really nice. I replied and uh, yeah, it was, it was really great. If, if, if I'm actually booking a call when I'm in the swimming pool, it means you're really doing a good job. Cool. I believe we'll have a time just to show it to our listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely let's not forget about this. And the last question for this Blitz questionnaire, what is the number one thing you hate in sales? The number one thing I hate in sales, being ghosted. So I hate that uh, even though I'm training a lot of people in sales and I've been in sales for a while, I still get ghosted once in a while. And uh, it's just something I hate. And I think uh, I think it's, it's, you know, we all experience that. And that's really just like, yeah, the, the biggest thing I hate in sales. Okay, so let's move forward. Again, guys, if you would like to ask your question, Feel free to type your questions in a Zoom chat or raise your hand and I will call you and you are very welcome to join the discussion. It's a podcast for our entire community. Um, so let's dive deeply into prospecting. Uh, I would love to kick off the discussion with a question about what's going on in sales world and in prospecting. What do you think is broken in a modern prospecting and what are the most common mistakes SDRs are making? I would love to add some thoughts from being in marketing side, what I'm mm -hmm. seeing and would love to hear your opinion. Sure. So I think there's a bunch of things that are broken, um, but the main thing is that uh, sales is like a profession that is you know, done by a lot of people. And one big problem we have is we don't have any kind of formal education about sales. And I think it's great because if you had like sales university, uh, you would graduate with your bachelor in sales or whatever, and you'd be instantly irrelevant because sales is changing really fast. And so I think the biggest thing that is broken is that people do not really invest in their craft. And uh, sales teams or like sales leadership also often invest in tools over craft. So you have great tools for sequencing, for video prospecting, for plenty of things. And they just had, you know, like a lot of salespeople I'm working with have amazing tech stack, but they don't even know how to use the tools. So it's just like giving a Formula One to someone who actually knows how to drive a go-kart. So that's the big problem is that we have great tools, but we don't know how to use them. And I think that's really the thing that is broken is thinking that investing in tools will get you successful. So that's really like the, the big thing I, I, I think in sales is a problem. Um, and yeah, I think that's, uh, that's my opinion on that. What about you for marketing? Uh, I would say I see a huge obsession with automations. 
Lots mm. of people tend to think, okay, I want to build a scalable process. I want to build a scalable prospect. And, and they forget about basic rule that people are buying from people they know, like, and trust, right? Nobody wants to buy from robots. And basically the role of sales, if we'll take a look at how sales were evolving, right? Uh, sales people were advisors. They were how it was called, commie voyagers, right? That was mm -hmm. the word. So they were coming to the doors and they needed to consult people. They need to try to, first of all, they needed to, good, to build a good list of people who are likely to buy their product. Secondly, mm -hmm. they should really understand their product and the benefits of the target audience. So they could come, they could advise, they were trusted advisors. Right. And then mm -hmm. people were recommending these sales folks as trusted advisors. And this changed drastically when uh, the sales stack boomed. Right. So mm -hmm. everybody was thinking, I need to build this scalable sales process. I want to purchase sales loft, outreach.io, I don't know, LAM list, whatever, set up automated cadence and generate leads on autopilot. This is how many pilots tend to think about gross process mm -hmm. and sales process, yeah. which is absolutely not true. And I believe that we would cover it. Basically, I see five fundamental mistakes. First one is prospecting pro audience and basically don't have a clear understanding of ICP. Usually whenever I ask a question about ideal customer profile, I receive a very broad definition saying, hey, I want to prospect startups in North America. Mm -hmm. And then the company stand up with a list of 10,000 or hundred thousands of accounts. And they basically, what they do, they can't personalize the outreach and they simply don't have time. It's not possible to personalize yeah. on that scale, right? So they have only one opportunity to set up one generic automated message, which is usually, to be honest, which is usually copied from some sales blogs because they're yeah. typing for best called outreach email templates or best LinkedIn connection request templates, etc. And then they send it and everybody is doing this. They try to find some magic, I don't know, cadence or whatever of touches that will generate these opportunities some of the people love to buy the gross hacks like let's say sending personalized images which is nice but it's nice when it's done smartly when it's really mm -hmm. personalized and you are not just changing you know dynamically the yeah. logo and the first name it's not the personalization so uh, the next one is that uh, lots of SDRs are not going to make account research. Account research is must. You need to understand how basically your, your product, your offer could fit the needs and the goals of your strategic accounts. And if you are selling to mid-size or enterprise, you'll be dealing with the buying committee, right? With multiple mm -hmm. people that could influence the opportunity. And then you need to personalize your offer to these different job roles. And to do this, you must do the account research. And then again, I hear it's not scalable. I'm not sure that it will generate opportunities. I need to scale fast. I need to scale fast. And this scalability obsession is one of the problems I I'm seeing from the mm -hmm. marketing perspective. Do you see the same? Yeah, I think people want to run before they can walk. And um, 
for me, I don't understand the obsession with scaling as a, in general. So uh, it's very unsustainable. Uh, I mean, it's great. You have the hyper growth or bleed scale, uh, bleeds growth, you know, uh, uh, you see in a lot of industries and it makes a lot of sense if you're a shareholder to push people to kill themselves at work so you get more profits. But when you are, you know, in a sales team and everything, it's, you know, always best to find how you can make things work uh, without scaling them. And then you scale the right things, basically. So uh, there's a bunch of things you can scale. There's a bunch of, of, of tasks you can actually automate. But it's really about making sure that you are scaling the right thing and not starting with scale. And so I think that's the thing is uh, people think there's this kind of magic stuff that's going to happen or magic switch you can have. And one fun thing I had with Lemlist, for example, is that um, I know Guillaume, you know, and uh, and uh, what was really fun is one guy, I received two, three times the same email. They have a template in, in Lemlist where there's Guillaume standing in front of a whiteboard and you can put stuff there. And then some guys coming and say, hey, I actually did this kind of recommendation for you. And I'm like, you're definitely not Guillaume. I know who Guillaume is. So, you know, it was this kind of fun where it's automation gone wrong, basically. I received the same, but also yeah. if you know Ilya, who was a gross uh, marketing manager at Lemlist, that was so much fun. He was in charge of growing their second product called Lempod, and mm -hmm. he was promoting different uh, LinkedIn connection request messages. And then he was talking about um, uh, checking, let's say, the posts of thought leaders, extracting mm -hmm. Uh, a list of people who left a comment or liked the post and then basically connecting with them and then i was uh, there was a guy from spain with something uh, with a full name something like jose maria or whatever doesn't matter mm -hmm. and then he reaches out to me and says hey andre love your contents uh, like awesome stuff uh, cheers Ilya <laughs> something like this so basically he got <laughs> The Everything. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, our promise today is uh, sharing with our listeners and with our attendees how to build an effective prospect and cadence. And I suggest to dive deeper into that topic. So mm -hmm. let's start with the first question. Um, how do you find relevant triggers to start a conversation with prospects? Let's do it in real time. I believe everybody would love to see it. Sure. You want me to share my screen? Yeah, absolutely. So feel free. Okay, let's do it. So basically, can you see my screen? Can you see my, um, um, my Excel? Yeah, I can see. Guys, can you see the screen? Please type in the Zoom chat. Yep. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. So first thing is basically, for what is a trigger? Get started with the trigger. So trigger is a public piece of information that indicates someone may have a need that or a problem you can solve or want to talk with you. And so for me, there's a few ways I actually find triggers. Um, the first one is I'm going to go and check people who viewed my profile or liked and engaged with my comment. But that's not relevant for most people because most people do not post regularly on LinkedIn. I have 17,000 followers around 4,200 views in the last 90 days. So it's a great place for me, but for most people, they don't have that. So one good place to find triggers is to actually find what I call LinkedIn magnets. So LinkedIn magnet is someone who's uh, someone or an event who is uh, addressing your ideal customer profile. So for me, I talk to VPs of sales, head of sales for, you know, like, stay, uh, like startups or scale-ups that raised over series B, mostly in Europe and the US. 
And so um, these kind of people I'm talking to, they have specific problems. If you're a VP of sales or VP of business development and you newly uh, joined the company, you will have a certain amount of problems. Uh, for example, I know a lot of guys, they are a lot of VP of sales, they go to a company and their job is to turn the lazy inbound uh, SDR team into uh, outbound hunters. And so that's a huge problem to do. So uh, they're going to actually look for solutions and talk about this kind of solution online. And so for me, what I'm doing is first I'm checking profile views, people who engage with my comment, but sometimes like this morning, there's, you know, I'm not going to be able to find these kind of people. So what I've done, I've actually selected three people who are very interesting, Charlotte, Richard, and Aaron. I'm sure you know about them. Charlotte Johnson is working at Sesloft, Richard is working in Refract, and Aaron is working, he has his own stuff now. And if I go, for example, on Richard, I have his, his profile here. The beauty with Richard is that he has a lot of followers. And he's talking to the same people as me, especially around UK. So it's very interesting. And whenever he's posting, he posted something, for example, uh, yesterday that got 269 likes. It's, why are you call calling me? Do your reps make all calls? That's beside the point, whatever. It's kind of a fun stuff that gets a lot of likes. And people, when they see that and they are making call calls or their teams are making call calls, they can totally relate to that. So what do they do? They like, they comment, they engage. And so what I'm doing with this, I'm actually using this as a magnet. I call that this oasis effect when if you're in the desert and you're looking to survive and find some food, you're going to basically find an oasis and then you know you're going to have water, bushes and animals and you're going to be, it's going to be a lot easier for you to find food. That's the same for me here. Instead of looking individually for people, I'm going to find this as a trigger, so as a magnet and then I'm going to find the people who are in there. So I go in here and now I'm just going to check who is actually relevant. So you have here, Marine, head of business development, 360 learning, that's perfect. Uh, I have like uh, someone who's hiring top uh, uh, talent at uh, Salesloft. I guess, uh, you know, Tom is maybe a head of business development, for example. Uh, he's a recruiter, not interesting. You know, so I'm just gonna go in here. I've got a VP of sales. By the way, that's a good example. I mean, is someone I contacted today based on this post and, uh, I sent him stuff, he replied, and now I'm having a conversation. That's the exact example of that. So that's really how I find triggers. I go and try to find posts that attract the right type of people. And by the way, I can do the same with events. If I do SaaS, for example, SaaS sales, I search my results here. I filter by events. And then how to build a startup sales machine or whatever. If I was selling to startups, I would go here, click on attend, and magically, I can go and check who's checking that. Same here. If I got someone, uh, Leonid, for example, who would be interesting, or Tom, who could be interesting, I could actually save this person and use this event as an excuse to get in touch with this person. So that's really the idea. These doing like events and posts are doing both things. They are attracting the right type of people and providing me with an excuse to get in touch with them and add relevance. And the beauty of it is with this event or the last post, if I find 20 people who are liking, I can build and craft the same message for everyone. And tada, you've done a personalization at scale. So that's really how I find triggers. How do you connect with them? Can we write one connection request message just to show how it looks like connection? Sure. So here I have uh, the startup, how to build a startup sales machine. Okay, so I guess this person, you know, for example, uh, Tom here wants to, uh, you know, like join that. I don't know for what reason, but let's see if the company is relevant. 
I guess not. Uh, it could be fine, actually. So maybe I'll get a lead from that. So I'm going to do, I'm going to click on connect, add a note, and I'm going to use like two frameworks, either trigger, uh, uh, trigger question or trigger teaser call to action. I think I'm going to go for question. So I'm going to say, Tom, noticed you're also planning on attending the event. Let me check what's the name of the event again. Uh, on how to build the startup sales machine on, okay, that's my trigger. Then I'm gonna ask a question. Here I need to find something smart to say. So I'm gonna maybe talk about a problem people who are building sales teams are often facing. So I'm curious, how are you making sure your reps are not uh, putting off prospects with, and I'm gonna be a bit shitty, how did she, as like that, we can try that. So then it's gonna be some stars that's gonna do a nice pattern interrupt. Freddy Artridge. And actually, I'm thinking of it, and I think actually it's a bad idea to put Shidi because he could actually be offended because I'm maybe he feels like I'm maybe insulting him. So I could say with uh, terrible outreach messages. And that's it. So Tom, notice you're also planning on attending the event on how to build a startup sales machine. That's my trigger. And the question would be, I'm curious, how are you making sure your reps are not putting off prospect with terrible outreach messages? And then I send it. And what you'll see, is the example of Amin we took uh, today, for example, where is Amin? Here, I did something similar where I used the post of Richard and I said, Amin, notice you also like Richard's meme on sales leaders being annoyed by call callers when they ask their teams to call. If you're interested, I have a simple tip you can share with your team to avoid putting prospect off with call calling. And then, you know, he actually, hey, I'm happy to hear it and I dropped a quick video. So that's how I connect with people. Uh, there is one comment coming from Lima and Alexander. Mm -hmm. They say that this kind of message seems to be artificial. They know the process you did. The, you just looked and researched and tried to be relevant. So what are thoughts on it? I mean, you can, you, can, you can see it this way. What I see is that most people do not even go to that length of actually uh, doing that research. And uh, what you see is you see my end of the story where it's been super simple for me to find this lead, but the person on the other end doesn't see that. So what I can see, and that's why I get often between 60 and 70% acceptance rate, you know, out of 10 people, often one or two would reply directly after the connection request is for some people that will sound like uh, something, you know, like not really relevant, they will ignore it. And that's the thing is called outreach is always about that. Most people will ignore what you're saying. You know, if I'm claiming that I get like an 80% reply rate and uh, like, uh, you know, like 70% meeting rate, I'm lying. The thing is, that's not the case. Most people will actually not reply. And so that's really what you have to keep in mind is that it's a good, a good balance between personalization and scale. And so that's what you can find. And I agree with you with events, it can be less powerful, but with posts, 
It can be extremely powerful if the post is relevant. You have people, for example, talking about how they receive a lot of terrible connection requests. People like about that. Then you can actually go and propose some resource or a teaser, and that's going to give you a lot more replies. So my, my thing is, it's not perfect, but it's a good balance between personalization and scale. I completely agree. I love this approach. So uh, of course you could play, you know, you could find, so it was just one of examples. We just identified a prospect who attended a specific event. Then you connect, could connect basically on the post. For example, quite often I'm expanding my network with Chris Walker's followers because there are lots of people who are in our target audience. Mm -hmm. And then I say that I love I love this approach. I also, also ask, do you guys do demand generation? Do you do account-based marketing? And we start that conversation. I could ask questions. How did you get buy-in and support from your mm -hmm. executives? And we start normal conversations as people who want to connect as yeah. peers, not just pretending that I'm going to sell you the services, just mm -hmm. the first point. But I know lots of folks are interested in, and that uh, I saw already this comment and question, um, how do you turn these conversations into basically opportunities? How do you open the doors and present your product? So how do you maintain all these transactions? Okay, so Laim actually uh, replied to, uh, to, to that in saying, uh, if they have an actual pain point, they will reply. If not, it's a shot in the dark. But I guess that's the whole approach. Absolutely. You're looking for problems. You're not looking for solutions or you're never talking about that. So in my cold outreach, I never talk about problems. What I'm trying to do is to uh, enable the Netflix effect, you could call that. So I just started watching a Squid Game. Uh, I'm sure everyone has heard about that. And uh, I just can't stop watching it. I was even considering canceling this so I could keep watching it. Uh, but uh, joking, Andre. But basically, the thing here is that you want to go and tease a resource to people so they actually reply. So the idea of your whole outreach sequence is to get a reply. And humans are curious by default. So the idea for me is to really go and try to get this reply. And once I get the reply, so I say, hey, you know, if you're interested, I have a five-step checklist on how to do this or how to prevent that. Are you interested in getting it? Then I get a reply. And what I'm trying after with that is to navigate the conversation. And the idea to navigate the conversation is when people say, yes, I want the resource, you share the resource. And once you share the resource, you give them one or two days. And then you ask, what do you think? Is it something you feel like you could apply with your team? Or is it something you think could work with your team? And so one example I have here, I can actually, uh, you mind sharing? Let me sharing that. Yeah, just a second. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So an example I had here with Richard, for example, this morning, uh, Richard Carroll, you know, I did exactly that. I started like, uh, you know, uh, he did the like, then you say, hey, interested, you know, I kind of pitched the sequence. Then I shared the sequence with him. He downloaded it. By the way, I collected him as a lead. So that's great. Um, and then, you know, I asked, so what do you think of the sequence? Is it something your team could use? He didn't reply. Then any thoughts? Hey, Thibaut, I've shared the sequence with the team. They're starting to give it a go to see what result they get. I'll keep you posted on how we go on. And here we have a conversation started. I'll actually check with him maybe in, you know, one week. And then I say, hey, Richard, any results? How are things going? And the idea here is I'm going to navigate the conversation. And as we go, I'll use what I call it or what is called a negative reversing question. I'll say, Richard, 
would it be a bad idea to lock in 15 minutes so you can tell me about the challenges they faced or you know this kind of or, or, or this kind of thing and what you see is some people will not reply some people will say no and some people will say yes and when you get in the call you have this proactive conversation you led with value so people will actually be okay this person shared some resources i can actually talk about that and that's how you actually get the opportunity going if you see then they have like a, you know like a problem a challenge you can help with and uh, you know, like they, they have this willingness and the good timeline to actually work with you. That's how you generate an opportunity. Love it. So basically content is a first step. And uh, for me, it's so natural. Uh, the first benefit is that you establish yourself as a thought leader, as a trusted advisor. You can share expertise, you deliver value upfront, and then you can of course, you allow people to try it. In, in your case, they want mm -hmm. to try this cadence, which is absolutely fine. Then you yeah. can ask about the results. If they had the result, you can ask simply, would you mind to share it on LinkedIn or on Twitter and tag me? And voila, you have a public testimonial, which can attract the attention of strategic accounts, right? Of other mm -hmm. people that might be interested in it. You could, you could use it potentially as testimonial on your website again. So yes. you have lots of benefits on how exactly. you can leverage this approach. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's um, let's discuss the next point. Uh, basically, not everybody will reply you back, right? And I know lots of SDRs, especially if they want to automate the process, they will set up the messages like NSOs or whatever. But mm -hmm. again, uh, you could send potentially once just follow up messages, any thoughts on it, or would love to check in or ask and ask your feedback. Um, but if you want to convert this prospect in a long term, you won't be able this, to send this follow ups every week, right? Saying any thoughts, any thoughts, any thoughts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so the question is you basically need to develop non sales touches, right? Yeah. To stay in touch, to stay, top of, uh, to stay on top of their minds and basically continue the relationship. What's your approach? How do you develop this non-sales touches and basically mm -hmm. continue prospecting? So the thing is, I build my sequence. So whenever there's a good trigger and there's a timely trigger, I'll go through the sequence and try to book a meeting. And so uh, the idea is that there's going to be four to six touch points. And if there's no reply, I'm actually leaving this person like that. And the idea for me of... Um, doing these nonsense touch points is that I'll use different tricks. So uh, I'll do a lot of content. So that's uh, that's where like, that's the other kind of wheel of the, uh, you know, the idea is that you're going to produce some content that will, you know, you've connected with these people, you've engaged with them, maybe they didn't reply, but they checked whatever you had to, to say. And um, then I'm going to, you know, like maybe talk at these kind of events or, or whatever. And one thing I, I'll, I'll do is try to provide value, for example, with an out of office message. So uh, one thing I found is that sometimes, you know, you have posts on LinkedIn where you say, uh, if you want to get this thing, just comment or whatever, and I'll send you a DM. Or uh, if you're interested, I love to do that whenever I go on holiday. I say, I'm going on holiday next week. I'm having a funny out-of-office message. Uh, if you want to know what it is, just send me a DM. And I receive so many DMs. And basically, in my out-of-office message, I say, hey, I'm on holiday doing this with my wife. And uh, here are three options for you. Download my sequence join my community or book a call with me. And basically that's that's how you know you, you can get the, these kind of things. So that's one thing I found. And the other thing which is 
something you can do if you're not commenting regularly or not posting regularly is to go and comment on other people's posts. So really the idea is once you're connected with someone, you have to be present on LinkedIn because if they see you're commenting on a post of someone that is really an expert or a thought leader on something and you're commenting on that, these people will get a lot of value. So for me, that's really how I do this, these kind of things. And if I see people, you know, then jump onto my profile and as, you know, and check my profile, then I can actually send a quick voice note or a quick uh, video. And so that's really what I'm going to try and do. Love it. Thank you so much. Um, one idea that I also would love to discover and talk about is thought leadership done by sales. Actually, mm -hmm. you already mentioned it. I believe I know lots of salespeople say it's not my cup of tea. It's a marketing job. I'm not going to share any content. I don't have writing skills. It takes so much time. I don't see any value why anybody should be following or reading my content, you know, all, all this stuff. Um, I know I can share multiple examples because this is something that we are doing with our clients. I can share multiple examples how it's done even in boring niches mm -hmm. one of the fantastic examples and it could be a mind-blown case is uh i have seen it um basically by casey graham ceo of Crave. he mentioned mm -hmm. that he involved his sales team he did an experiment he involved probably 10 or 15 sdrs i don't remember the exact number doesn't matter and he told he told everybody you guys should practically connect with icps also with people who engage with the content so basically with our target audience and your goal is to share the content every work day so aside from the weekends mm -hmm. for three months in a row and then after three months they did an experiment they saw that their pipeline increased they generated way more opportunities comparing to the last quarter they saw increase in average deal value i don't know i i forgot the numbers there is like he wrote a blog post about this mm -hmm. that doesn't matter but what was really important they always ask uh, on the discovery calls they ask sdr to ask prospects one question how did you hear about us and he mentioned this is something that i remember clearly he mentioned that 55 percent of prospects mentioned that we have heard about you from uh, LinkedIn content from one of your, uh, of your mm -hmm. salespeople or your team members. Yeah. So my question is, um, what are the pros of doing thought leadership and demand gen for sales? And can you explain the benefits you are gaining? Mm. Okay. I guess you all know about Gong. And uh, if you all know about Gong, it's because of that exactly. So they have a kind of employee advocacy program where you have some superstars at Gong, like uh, you can think about Udi, the CMO, Sarah, who's now an account executive. You have superstars everywhere at, at Gong. So it's kind of like people who are posting. And uh, the good thing with Gong is they're posting about sales and they're selling a sales enablement tool. So that's perfect. Um, but the idea of posting on LinkedIn um, is something very interesting. I also understand that a lot of people do not want to go and post on LinkedIn uh, because as you said, you know, it's a copywriting skills. You have to be able to put yourself out there. Uh, you sometimes are trolled by people on LinkedIn. That's also a truth in there. And so that's really putting yourself out there and being proactive. So the benefits of doing that is that after a few months uh, of really posting and posting also involves commenting you actually don't need to actually go and do posts. You can find people who have a great audience, put a thoughtful comment, 
you're going to get a lot more followers and viewers on your profile. And then you'll see what is your profile. But basically, profile like uh, posting on LinkedIn is really beneficial because you are going to be able to be seen by people directly into your network whenever they like. Some other people in your secondary network will see that. And as you grow and proactively build your network, you build you know, this kind of network. And I think in the network theory, you are six kind of touch points away or six people away from knowing everyone on earth. That's exactly the same happening on LinkedIn. And so that's really the idea of, of posting. And one quick tip I can give you about uh, posting is first posting for your ideal customer profile. So making sure that you are posting stuff that is relevant for them. And for me, it's very simple. I'm talking about sales. It's very meta where I just like, it's super simple for a lot of people. It's going to be harder. But one thing you can do is to document the challenges you have talking to people who you're trying, trying to get in touch with. For me, if I was, for example, selling like a, a product, like a cybersecurity cyber product or whatever, I would, my main thing would be CSOs or CSOs are so complicated to reach. I don't know why. Help me out there. And then I would explain what I'm doing, what I try. And then I would try and find and get some people who actually come to me and say, hey, Thibault, actually, this is what you're doing wrong. You're using the wrong wording. You are getting us on the wrong channel or you are doing these kind of things. And once I did a post about using events to generate conversations, the VP engineering of Thinkific, which is actually my LMS, he did a post trashing me on LinkedIn, even post, like tagged the LinkedIn CEO. And uh, he felt really triggered by that because... I think he felt like, okay, I found a way to get into his mailbox, get him onto a call, and he found that was a bit sneaky. So, uh, so that was really a, a very fun stuff to do there. But that's the example, you know, where you're posting, you're putting out yourself out there and documenting your struggles. People will jump in to help you and give you some feedback. So I think that's really the benefits, ben, uh, uh, sorry, benefits of posting is that some people will actually give you some feedback and, and give you some direction on where to go and if you're posting right. And the practical questions. Did you notice that your prospects are perceiving you differently, not just yet another sales coach, but they perceive you as a trusted advisor, as a person who can help yeah. them to improve their prospecting cadences and sales process? I think it's called parasocial relationship or something like that. And people are building, like, that's the ultimate automation, actually. Whenever you are uh, doing a, a podcast, a webinar, or you are posting and you're building an audience, people build a relationship with you without you knowing it. And so uh, every time, not every time, but when I jump into a call and people have been following me on LinkedIn, they're like, oh, Thibaut, you're here. And then they start talking and then they start asking me stuff. And I'm like, I don't know you. And you know, you know so much stuff about me. And then I remember I'm posting about it every day. So I have my, you know, like my, I don't have my whole life. For example, if I have kids or whatever, you're never going to see my kids online, never. And uh, But I have like this persona I've created, and uh, which is me, but like just a part of who I am. And people build this relationship with you. And it's so much easier than to have calls because they have this trust already. And then, you know, that's, uh, that's the ultimate kind of automation I found. And do you distribute proactively your content among target accounts? Do you try to involve them into conversations, trying to engage them with your content? Or it's just purely organic. What do you mean? I didn't, I'm not sure I got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you proactively distribute your content? Let's say you wrote an, a new article or you published something, let's say an overview of your prospect and cadence. So mm -hmm. do you send this message? Do you send a link to your post to your prospects, to strategic accounts that you want to um, activate? Or you rely I, yeah. on organic? 
I could do that, but I found something better is instead of sending it to people where I say, hey, I did this post, check it. People don't really like that. There's, you know, maybe, you know, Justin Welch, but he said something is don't give a project. So if you're reaching out to people, asking them to like or whatever, it doesn't, doesn't work really well. What I found is better if I have like uh, key accounts I want to go after, I'll give an example of uh, how I would prospect and I'll tag them. I say, this is how I would like, uh, you know, like this is how you can build like an outreach sequence in 30 minutes. And this is how I do it for Pleo or for HubSpot or for whatever company. Then I tag it, I tag like the company. And then what's happening is I always do that with people who have, uh, where, where I've got a lot of reps connected with me in this company. Then they start liking it, commenting and everything. And then it starts making some noise in the company. And then they like, you know, I, I see a lot of people starting to adding, add me in the company and I don't do anything. I just let them come to me basically. So that's really tag people in your post as examples. And that's going to, that's going to create some really cool effect there. Nice. So before we'll move to the questions that are coming from our community, let me ask a question. Guys, how do you like this episode? Was it insightful? Did you get some ideas? Please share your feedback in a Zoom chat. Curious to hear your thoughts. Um, and uh, one more question while you guys are sharing your feedback. One more question from me, and then we'll move to the probably we'll make a special bonus a gift whatever we promised in the beginning and then we'll move to the community questions um, so the feedback is very useful master class yeah thank you so much guys thanks so appreciate appreciate it um, one more question uh from me do don't you see it's kind of annoying to tag people every time don't you see it's pushy it's just nice and personal i'm i'm just uh, i just want to hear your perspective so how people usually react especially if you are not connected with them so being tagged by people all the time you mean or tagging yeah yeah if, if you tag random people with who you are not connected mm -hmm. yeah. personally in the post and saying hey guys this is how you could leverage yeah. this outbound cadence it doesn't work like that. I mean, it, it, it's not really a good idea to do that. Um, the thing is, is you when people do that, the message they send is that I want to use your audience uh, for my benefits. And so uh, it's not really like a great idea to do that. People don't really like that. One thing you could do, though, is you say, hey, I'm doing a post about this. And, you know, you can send a connection request to the person who has a big audience. You send a connection request, say, I'm, you know, talking about this thing and planning on doing a post. Are you okay if I tag you? Just ask that. And some people will say no. Most people will say yes because it's just a tag, so whatever. But just ask that. First thing, you'll actually get connected with them, show them that you know you you see them and you you hear their content, and you can actually maybe even start a conversation like that. So just ask permission, and most people will give it. They're they're just very happy to actually do that. So that's a very simple thing to do. Cool. Thank you so much. One quick note for people who would, would be listening to this episode on Spotify or on iTunes, make sure that you'll check YouTube link because then you'll be able to review the live example that we have done. Thanks for listening to that episode. If you like what you hear and you want to explore more, I invite you to join the Selling Advantage community. It's a paid community we're running with Skip Miller, where you're going to get access to a content library with training, checklists, and exclusive resources. 
You'll also get access to our experimentation swipe file and a Discord group with 150 Texas people. We also have online events where we invite special guests, a regular Ask Us Anything, and our content is focused on sales for North America and EMEA. If you want to check it out, go to sellingadvantage.io or click on the link in the show notes and you'll be able to sign up. 